0: obsessed with weather apps i look at them i look at them every minute i have three uh, i haven't paid for any of them <laughs> i'm checking hourly every minute i'm checking the next 10 days and <laughs> if i'm honest the last couple of days all i've seen is rain <laughs> do you think
1: you could be a weather person now
0: no 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 because oh no I just I think I'd be too depressing if I was a weather person if I was I want to go to a hot country I want to go to a country with a sun all the time because I feel at the moment all I ever do is tell people oh 60 percent chance 70 percent chance oh it's not looking good oh it's I just feel it's all at the moment I don't think I'd be a very cheerful weather person <laughs> I think I'd just be a bit doom and gloom well you had a full day <laughs> of rain I was going to say full day of play. That's not right. You had a full day of rain,
1: <laughs> at Queens. I got a little bit of play in. We got six matches
0: completed. Aren't you jealous here in Edgebaston? We're winning a little bit. That's more than a little bit. That's amazing. We didn't. We didn't have a warm up. We didn't have a. We didn't have a walk on. We didn't have an announcement of players. I mean, that was. It's one of those days when it was just sort of heavy. And the drops came down and then it sort of tempted you with it's going to clear up and everyone got excited and the covers came off and they went straight back on again. It's one of those days you just thought, oh, and um, and the players lounge at Queen's, you can imagine this is this is day two of the tournament. So largely everybody's still involved. There was not a seat to be had in the, the dining area. There's lots sort of sofas, people sitting on. Um, on the floor, by the walls. There's a concierge desk, fabulous guy called Fraser, who sort of looks after every need of every player and their friends. Nick Kyrgios was sat in his chair behind his, I don't know if he's actually helping anyone with anything, but it it was grab a seat and take it because, as you can imagine, if this happens at the start of a tournament, you've got everybody there. And with outdoor tournaments there's not an awful lot of places to go so it was um yeah we had um there was table tennis there was golf there was giant jenga (laughs) and there was there's there's some indoor courts so it was a little bit of tennis being played inside but nothing outdoors well the day that everybody was looking forward to at queen's though is tomorrow
1: wednesday otherwise known as andy murray's day or Andy Murray's hip
0: day something like that I don't know but you've got Andy playing tomorrow is he still playing tomorrow <laughs> okay can I just say I'm not gonna be doom and gloom again uh, we have Andy Murray playing if the weather is okay and at the moment or by the time people listen to this they'll have known if he did or not um looking looking really good he actually went on the indoor courts today and played with um Ken Skapsky the brother of Neil, who's now the partner of Andy's brother, Jamie, if that can all be followed. <laughs> they played um, against the Bryan brothers indoors. Um, and it was great. And I've seen he was with Horatio Zabios outdoors on Monday, or Sunday, sorry, playing against the Bryan brothers again. And it's just, it's just been really great. I actually did a, a little question and answer thing with um, the Bryan brothers today. And I asked Bob if he ever thought a piece of his body would be so famous in the UK <laughs> and he was like <laughs> he's like thank you Andy but before you no one cared about my hip but now everybody is talking about my hip but it, it's great that they've they've spent a lot of time on court together but yes uh, Bob's Bob's hip is about as famous Andy Murray's hip is so very cool
1: that Andy's going to be playing doubles tomorrow. I think that's that. Well, that's going to be interesting. Everyone can't wait, I think, for Andy to get back on court. And up here, continuing on with the doubles theme, I had such a blast watching Harriet Dart play with Venus Williams. Firstly, Venus don't play doubles very often. And if she does, she's normally with Serena. Um, so, yeah... Playing with Harriet Dart, they're a wild card in. So hang
0: on, hang on. How, yeah, how did that come about? She doesn't normally play. It's normally with her sister, and suddenly she's playing with Harriet Dart in Birmingham.
1: Well, she just asked the tournament director, "Can I have a wild card into doubles?" She'd already been given a wild card into singles. That was done and dusted, so it wasn't part of the deal in any way. And she just said, "I fancy another match on the grass. Can I play in the doubles?" Oh, I think it was kind of, "If I find a partner, can I play? Can I get a wild card into the doubles?" And the tournament director responded with, "Definitely something we would consider." Harriet Dart is looking for a partner. She's a British player, strong doubles player. It'd be great for the tournament. And Venus turned around and says, oh, actually, that's fine. We'll play with Harriet. So they, they were play, paired up together, going to play with each other. Very exciting for Harriet Dart. This is like a, a legend of the game. You never think this is going to happen. She's never even spoken to Venus Williams. And Venus only came up the day before they were due to play. So she hadn't really seen... Venus at all because Venus was practicing down at Wimbledon because, you know, they quite like her at Wimbledon. So she was there on those grass courts before coming up to Edgebaston. And yeah, I saw Harriet in the morning and she hadn't seen Venus so far she was kind of waiting around and uh, I mean waiting for the match not waiting for Venus but waiting for the match because there's like <laughs> third match on or whatever and she said oh I was just sitting at lunch she was with her sister and her mum and her coach and Venus just wandered up to the table and said oh hi Harriet I'm Venus shook her hand and apparently was really lovely. Harriet said she was so friendly, really lovely, was like, thank you so much for playing doubles with me. This is going to be great. And they had a nice little chat. And then Venus said, OK, great. Should we talk strategy? And Harriet was like, wow, OK, brilliant. And then, uh, and then I watched the match and the match was great. I mean, they were both getting stuck in. They narrowly lost on a tie break, but they were chatting away, having a laugh. And then at the end of the match, I was with Harriet and her mum, and, of course, Venus, she came off the court and she was taking pictures with everyone and Harriet's mum had a picture with her and everybody had a picture with her. And, it, yeah, it was great. It was it, it's really impressive because I think Venus is an intimidating person and it's not that I think anybody I don't think Harriet or anyone thought that she might not be very nice. She seems like a very nice person, but just more that sometimes she doesn't really speak. (laughs) So (laughs) there's just a slight worry of like, what if she doesn't say anything to Harriet in this match? (laughs) Who knows? But no, it was of course great and an amazing experience for Harriet, but it was really nice to see, I don't know. It's just nice to watch that. Harriet was awesome in the match and Venus kept turning around just saying that was unreal <laughs> every time Harriet hit <laughs> a winner. So just a very cool experience. I mean, look, you know, Harriet's not been in the top 100. You know, she's a, she's a good player. She's been outside 100. She's still young, got lots of potential, can definitely move on up. So an experience like that will just be, oh, just awesome.
0: Sounds a little bit like a blind date. Yeah. They came together. They hadn't spoken, they didn't know each other. She approached her at the table, said hello, they talked strategy, they went out on court and I imagine I would have been I think I've said this before I was a little bit scared of you when we first met but that's just ridiculous, but, it was, but you can be a little bit scary every now and then and and right. <laughs> Right now, see, see, look, come on. I'm feeling a little bit of hostility now, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> so, they, so, but, but generally, I, I'm I'm largely scared of most people when I meet them. And um, so to suddenly be on court with an absolute legend of the game, you you don't want to let them down, do you? You're, you're playing doubles. You don't want to be the weak link in that pairing. even if people expect you to be so because of who you're playing with. I would. I think I would be very nervous if I was alongside someone like that in a situation like that
1: absolutely be terrified just it's I don't know I think there's almost there's something about Venus as well with her presence I mean obviously the legend status I mean she's won so many slams she would have won so many more if it wasn't for Serena and it's I don't know, because she's so quiet so much of the time. She's very quiet when she plays. She doesn't have outbursts like Serena does. She doesn't do the big come-ons and the big roars very, very rarely. I mean, we've seen glimpses of it over the years, but, you know, she's quite stoic. And sometimes in interviews, she can really not say very much. She just kind of says, I don't know a lot. <laughs> that's, that's her favourite tactic. You know, oh, you know, that was tough. You were down and then you came back, you won the match. How did you do it? I don't know. (laughs) oh okay (laughs) Um, so she yeah I I think it's difficult to know kind of what she's going to be like she is I suppose what I'm trying to say is she is obviously somebody who is very different behind closed doors than she is in her persona on the court and the way that she speaks to the media and the press. Because she, I don't know, she just has a different persona. As I say, very quiet, very stoic, doesn't give much away. And that's not really what you look for in a doubles partner. You look for somebody that you're going to gel with, that you're going to connect with. But of course it's Venus, so you'll take it. you don't, <laughs> There's no complaining. There's no going back to the tournament director's can you find someone a little bit warmer? <laughs> that would be nice.
0: <laughs> no, I will do it. And just to say, I've got over the scared thing with you, but we could never play doubles together, partly because our levels uh, are very different. I, I would definitely be the weak link, but I would just laugh. I would just laugh through our match. And I know you're competitive. And I know once you step onto that court, you become a sort of a different beast. And I think it would be a very short-lived partnership and you'd just, you just get really annoyed with me. I
1: wouldn't be competitive. I would not be that competitive No, but you at would. All. No, you would. You are, and you would. I mean, look, let's be honest, you you would be the weak link, but there's <laughs> See, not a lot I can do it's like just...
0: that. <laughs> What do you want me to say? Yeah. You like, would I, be. Look, I you can't can live in the real world. Yeah, but I can say it. You don't have to say it. I'd already said it. <laughs> I don't need confirmation I was just agreeing with you
1: I've only said it twice I can say it again
0: if you want I know people have heard this before, but it was it was really interesting. It came up again in this Q and A I did with the brian brothers. But when they were, I was asking about, you know, were they, are they, were they competitive because they're twins, they're brothers. Um, and when they were young, their dad wouldn't let them face each other in a junior final. So when there was no points, no money at stake, they literally and they got to about eighty odd finals where they would have faced each other. He just got a coin, just tossed a coin. And whoever won the Tussle coin won it and he said in their rooms they'd have all these prizes, but they wouldn't actually face each other, which I think is brilliant. And obviously when they said that when sort of money and ranking points came into each other, if it happened they had to do it. But when they were really young and developing, they would they never faced each other in a competitive situation. Fascinating, isn't it? I think it's great.
1: I, I like that because being brothers is more important than anything or any success. Or anything like that. And it's probably why they have such an amazing relationship now. I think that's great. And I tell you what, following on on the twin thing, we've got the plishkova off. Is that a thing? Plishkever off tomorrow. I think it sounds better as a, Pliskoff. Pli- <laughs> oh, that's better, right? Somebody works in the media. <laughs> Pliskoff. Pliss- off, just sounds a little bit, yeah. Okay. Pliskoff. I tried, I tried. Um, yeah, <laughs> Carolina against Christina, last match on tomorrow. Now they have played multiple times, but when they were in Challengers, when they are in the, the, the lower tournaments, never on the WTA Tour. And I find that interesting because in the Challengers... You don't really want to... I mean, you're both trying to claw your way up. They've actually split it evenly. I think it's four wins apiece. Oh, I should probably check that. Um, by tomorrow, I'll know what's happening. <laughs> um, they, But they have played each other quite a few times. But as I say, just in the lower-ranked tournaments... And in those lower-ranked tournaments, you're always trying to push forward and get your ranking and, you know, desperate for any sort of money that can help with travel and points and that sort of thing. So I can understand them playing against each other. But this is a different situation because is it a necessity for either of them to play no is pliskova one of the favorites to win the tournament for me she was my pick to win the tournament i think here she would love to get some form going into wimbledon where she'll be one of the favorites as well which one no I'm just saying Pliskova I'm just kind of covering all bases did I say Pliskova not Karolina yeah you just said Pliskova oh both of them both of them they got a great chance you know I tell you what a Pliskova will be in round three that is for sure but they are so they were due to play actually quite recently and it was Karolina that pulled out of that match it was in the first, it was the first round. I think there was a bye, but it was the first round anyway. In the end, she pulled out. She didn't, she didn't play because she had a bit of a niggle. She'd done well the week before as well. So she was kind of tired. It all worked out quite nicely that they weren't going to play. But um, this time will be interesting. They both won their first rounds. I don't know it's hard right I mean what do you do you don't want to pull out of the tournament you don't want to disrespect the tournament but also I I, I wouldn't want to play my sister I could never play against my friends I remember every time I played bally, I was just awful I just couldn't do it I mean she was my closest friend on the tour and I just couldn't get into the competitive mindset I know a lot of people can and maybe you need to train yourself a little bit I probably didn't give myself long enough chance to try and do that but I just don't know how you do it I don't know. Like it's, it must be really difficult. So it'll be interesting to see whether the
0: a they can a, whether they do play against each other or whether they can play well. Normally, if we're honest, they're not the greatest of matches. Whether it's Serena against Venus, or mm. whether it's Misha Zverev against Sasha Zverev, or the the Pliskova's up against each other. Because as you say, it's hard to get that adrenaline, those competitive juices flowing. And and maybe in the case of Caroline and Christina, maybe it's slightly easier than if they'd faced each other earlier in their careers because their careers have taken slightly different paths. And we're talking about yeah. Carolina Pliskova winning the title and she's been world number one, et cetera, et cetera. And Christina, the path, although I'm right in thinking when they were younger, it was Christina that everybody talked about, but the, the roads have gone a little bit different, right? So yes. maybe maybe this is a slightly easier for them to tackle because they're not both going in. You know, maybe they do, but probably Carolina's thinking I'm expected to win this. But then they're, they're, normally, they're normally difficult matches to watch because it's, it's brother against brother, it's sister against sister. So they're normally, yeah, they're normally strange affairs.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I can't remember a Venus and Serena match that was great. In terms of the level, it's always been tense and difficult and bitty and choppy, and everybody's made so much out of the match because obviously it it, it has been them, and very often it's been in like a slam final or whatever, and it, yeah, sometimes it it just doesn't. It, well, I I don't think it ever really lives up to you know what you would want it to be but ultimately what you would want it to be I mean everybody talks about this gladiatorial sport and going at it one-on-one and that sort of thing you know can you ask that of siblings it's pretty pretty intense isn't it it's it's pretty extreme as I say I mean I I definitely wouldn't be able to do so you think I'm really
0: competitive (laughs) I'm, I'm not that bad the fact it stayed with you and the fact that you've just brought it up again. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, I think, I think you are. Yeah. No, but I think it's not, it's a bad thing, but I think all professional athletes, former, present, current, they, you, you have to have that, right? That's what gives you a professional career because you are competitive, right?
1: Yeah. And I can find competitiveness in me if I want to, but just in general like if we're playing a board game at home or whatever I'm not I'm just not competitive I just want to have a nice time I don't really care I find that other people are much more competitive than I am in that sense but yeah as I say it'll be I'm I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing what it's going to be like but I find the the Plishkova sisters really fascinating because for me it's a they are Twins, they are identical twins. Am I right? You're the twin expert here. I don't want to speak out of turn.
0: <laughs> they are identical twins. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't think you need an expert to tell that. You just stand them next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, but I
1: think that it is—it's such a clear um, example of how the, the different paths, as you say, they've gone in very, very different directions. One's been number one in the world, and one has been quite honestly nowhere close but they are identical in so many ways. Their games are incredibly similar, but one has developed a lot more than the other. And I actually think that goes to show how much your opponents teach you, because that's the one thing that's never going to be identical. They had the same coaches when they were younger. Yes, once Carolina broke off and started doing her thing, she then had different coaches. And then all of the experiences are going to be very different. That I understand that. But to enable her to break off, I would actually put the responsibility on on the opponents because you can only react to the matches that you have. And I, I've always said as a coach, no one's going to teach you more than the girl down the other end. Well, or boy, obviously, but uh, that that they're going to tell you when it's not good enough because they're going to hit winners past you. That you know they they're the ones actually who are really guiding you and your career, and that's what you need to pay attention to more than anything. And actually, that's all the job the coach's job is, is to highlight that, is to say, oh, well, she showed you that that wasn't good enough. So we need to clock that and work on it. And I just think it's really interesting to see how different, you know, these things have become, because you would assume being identical twins and very similar in in so many ways that they would respond similarly to whatever situations in front of them it's just they will always have different opponents different situations to learn from it and to grow from so i, I find it fascinating
0: no I, I think the twin thing is fascinating i mean my boys are not identical they look like they have different parents <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't put them together <laughs> at all um their personalities are very different but they are unbelievably close and they've barely been apart from each other in their life. Maybe I think it's been the most a few hours. Can you imagine growing up those first few years and that person is always there when you wake up in the morning, when you go to sleep, when you go to nursery, whatever you do, that person is there. I think that's incredible. Then you add in the fact that you look alike and you're staring basically back at yourself. I mean, I think I think the bond is is incredible. And it'd be interesting to find out because it, it's comes across that the Pliskova sisters are quite laid back although I've spoken to Carolina a lot more than I've ever spoken to Christina but I think that's the other thing because they look alike and as you said they had the same coaches growing up you assume they are alike but I think that must be the difficult thing with identical twins is they've got different personalities they are different people so we assume that one is going to react like the other because they look alike. And that's an obvious conclusion to come to you. say, well, you look alike. So you're going to do everything the same. But it's it'd be interesting to know if Christina, who people spoke about as being the one, how if it took her time to come to terms with the fact, I'm sure she's just happy. She's totally happy for Carolina and loves her, her sister. But how difficult it was or not for her when it, it started to look as if she wasn't going to match her sister or get anywhere near, because that must be quite tough, because I think the assumption is made, oh, well, you must be just like your sister, or why can't you do what your sister's doing? Because you're identical twins. I think that almost the good thing about my boys is they look so different that they're treated very differently. And I think people, people who don't know them, that they see these, these two boys, probably, they might sort of think they're brothers, I'm not sure, but they wouldn't think they're the same. So, they are treated very, very differently. So, I wonder uh, with the Bryans, and uh, I know that they're what, like 41 years of age now, but with the Pliskova sisters, it's just really interesting, isn't it? Because you look at them both and think, wow, well, you're going to be the same. But, but deep down, they're, they're very different. And I wonder if you're on the same sport, but you're not at the same level. How different, like the Bryan brothers are pretty much, they've won 118 titles together. Mike's got 123 because he went a little bit rogue when his brother had the hip thing and he won a few titles with Jack Sock, etc. Um, but they're, they've done everything together on the doubles court, whereas the Pliskova sisters, they've been on the singles court. So I, it, it's twin... The twin dynamic is very interesting. The twin expert,
1: ladies and gentlemen, in full flow. Very much enjoyed that. See, see, this is why. This is why we needed the twin expert because I was clearly wrong, assuming that they had similar personalities. Well,
0: no, but no, but they might. I just think it's interesting that because when we were looking at schools for the boys, we were just they were just lumped as well. We'd separate your children because they're the same, and I sort of had to keep making the point very politely. But they're completely different. But I think people just assume twins. Oh well, they're going to be—they're basically one person, you know, whether, whether they look alike or not. <laughs> that is, we just—just that's just one person. It's actually—I've got to say—rounding round, off and up our our twin chat. It's—it's the boy's birthday in a few days' time. I don't know why I did this. I—I I asked a toddler, "What would you like for your birthday?" Just not sure why I asked. I mean, uh, one asked for a different house, and I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> do you not like us? Like a bigger one?" I was like. Okay, right. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, and the other one asked for a racing car. And I was like, okay, like a toy one. He said, no, the proper one that you drive. And I thought, brilliant. So I'm no further forward. Although I know on their birthday, <laughs> when they don't unwrap a bigger house or a racing car, they're going to be quite disappointed. So You um, get a toy house and a toy car. It's not, it's not going to wash. It's not going to wash. <laughs> I've, I've already tried that. So together with work at Queen's this week, I'm trying to sort of plan a birthday sort of celebration and people are saying they're only little, don't worry about it. So um yeah, I'm trying to come up with a few ideas that doesn't involve moving house or <laughs> or buy, <laughs> or buying a racing car. And I might even have to do some baking. So it's uh it's a busy few days ahead. Oh well that's fun. That'll be that'll be worth it though. Yeah, no, it will be it'll be lovely because it's such a busy time with all the grass court tournaments as It's Eastbourne next week, and then it's Wimbledon. So it's, um, I mean, yeah, they they weren't born at an ideal time. (laughs) But on the other hand, (laughs) so it was... Because they came a month early, the boys. So they were ah it's their fault so yeah i told you it's all their fault now did i say that you said it with your
1: eyes
0: (laughs) so no it's great so we've got the birthday celebrations coming up and um hopefully they're going to come and visit me at eastbourne as well so that should be cool now one thing can i do a quiz with you oh i'm terrible at quizzes i mean i have a very very niche
1: knowledge (laughs) (laughs) it's about tennis does that help I mean, it helps a little bit. Um it help a little bit? Yeah. Okay, right. Let's go for it. It's fine. We can cut
0: this bit out. <laughs> and I don't think this is going to work because um, it's quite a visual quiz that I'm going to have to describe for you. So if it's going to be difficult for you, the people listening and we think, what is going on? But we had on Sunday, it was Media Day at Queen's. It's a great day because you get to speak to a number of the either the top players or the interesting players, um, et cetera, et cetera. So there's lots of different people. They're all the different. I'm working for the tournament this week, and you had the host broadcaster and all the other bits and pieces all in this room inside because outside it was raining. So we we were inside set up. Players were coming through, and we wanted to do a few fun things. So we were getting each player to do like a GIF. I mean, I sounded like their granny when I was describing doing gifts, and they were like looking at me going, okay. <laughs> um, but one of the things we did was an emoji quiz, okay? And, and, it, and so some young guys came through and we thought you're going to be great with emojis. So we held up sort of laminated things with emojis on and basically it's say what you see, okay? So if I said, if there's a piece of paper and it's got a ball, right, tennis ball, and a, and a girl, a girl's head being emoji, what would that be? A boar girl. There we go. You look really white. That's fine. So that. Yay. Do I win? 100%. 100%. There were, okay, there was a very good start. But we, for instance, we had Cameron Norrie, who came down. And he said, Oh, I'm not going to be good at this. I said, No, you're going to be fine. So I thought I'd start with an easy one, which was that. <laughs> and he said, is it women's balls? <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> and I you, I was And I was laughing for about 20 seconds. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's, it's not women's balls. Um, we had a couple of them thought it was Maria Sharapova. <laughs> one thought it was Jeannie Bouchard. <laughs> I was looking at it going, no, it's not, it's not that. No, it's not that. Um, and that was the easy one. And then we had... We had the little emojis that made Henman Hill. So we had a hen, or chicken, mm. and a man, and a hill. Ah, yes. Yeah, that one was very tricky. And then we had new balls, please, which was just the word new, two tennis balls, and then the the, the praying hands. Right, yeah. Yeah. And, and someone's answer, I feel they should remain nameless, uh, someone's answer was new tennis balls, tennis balls, praying hands. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I shouldn't... <laughs> I was like, I just don't know what to say to that. I'm Uh, a a little bit stumped. (laughs) Did anybody do well? Um, Denis Shapovalov was very good. Okay. I think Dan Evans was okay. Stan Vavrinka, he uses a lot of emojis, but he said normally he's doing it in French. So,
1: ah, yeah, I was going to say he loves an emoji. I don't really use he loves many. An emoji. I have basically 3 as you well know that I just kind of have on rotation.
0: You do actually. <laughs> they cover all occasions. It, it was quite fun to do the game. They were they were largely looking at us as if we were crazy. And then there was this little guy who's part of the LTA tennis initiative who had put some questions to Stan Vavrinka on, on the Saturday and we asked if he'd come in, if his parents would bring him in for media day. So he, he made up some questions and he sat down with Nick Kyrgios, Andy Murray, Juan Martin Del Potro, Feliciano Lopez, just sat down sort of chatting. He's nine years of, of age just sitting, and ask them questions. He asked Nick Kyrgios if he should try harder. Was the response <laughs> no? He, he was, It was. No, to be fair, uh, the Kyrgios answer was, well, I don't have a coach, so I've got no one. Because he said, uh, Vuk, the little boy, said, sometimes my parents tell me off that I'm not trying hard. Um, do you sometimes, you know, do you not try hard? And he's like, well, I haven't got a coach, so I've got no one to tell me. But no, he gave, he gave a very good answer. But it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and hopefully the players enjoy it because they do quite a few, I guess, more serious interviews. Um, but when it came to the tournament, we'd, a couple of questions, but then just do a few games and, and bits and pieces to try and make it fun. So you know how the commentary boxes, well, definitely
1: here at Edgbaston, but in most places, probably at Queen's as well, they are, they're temporary. They're their are boxes yeah. essentially uh up on some scaffolding and it's been quite windy we've been uh, a little wobbly but it seems fine um but next door we've got hawkeye which often happens at tournaments and it, so you've got this thin piece of plywood between the the boxes and uh, so you can hear hawkeye because there's, there's a, a team of them in there and i just i just found it really fascinating listening because when there is a challenge. I've never really been near Hawkeye or I've been able to hear Hawkeye before. Normally, you're kind of next to other commentators and you're just banging on the wall saying, shut up, we can hear you. Um, but yeah, no, I'm next to Hawkeye here and it's funny, Like the, the flurry of activity as soon as a ball lands anywhere close to the line, everybody starts kind of saying something like have you got it have you got it and they'll say straight away how far out it was so straight away as the ball is before somebody's even challenged they'll say 23 millimetres that one 23 millimetres and then the player on the court you see them puts their hand up and says challenge and then the umpire will say challenging the call on the far right baseline the ball was called out. And through all of that, you've got Hawkeye kind of communicating with each other saying, are you ready? Are you ready with the graphics? Are you ready with the result? Are you ready with the Zoom? And then they'll go ready, ready, ready and go. And then it comes up on the big screen and it's out and it's 23 millimeters out. But I find it quite funny because um, when, I, when I'm commentating and I can hear them, I can look like I know everything. I can never get a Hawkeye wrong because they say it as soon as it lands, they'll say how far out it was. They know instantly, but it just takes a while to get the graphics going before it then comes onto the screen uh, for everybody to, to see. And, uh, uh, and yeah, so sometimes when I've been commentating, I can hear them and I've just gone, yeah, th- that looked out. I, I think that was out you know, because you play that game don't you when you're commentating kind of in and out like, and, and I, I tend to be fairly good at it uh, on the whole I feel but uh, yeah when you can hear Hawkeye it makes it an awful lot easier to be like oof just out I think just out
0: and yeah. and you play it quite coolly. I can imagine you in commentary suddenly hearing it shouting out <laughs> and whoever you're sitting alongside going okay <laughs> I've got you a present for our one year celebration have you?
1: yeah what is it? What is it? It's tennis related. I can't tell you. We'll have to do the grand reveal on our one year tennis anniversary pod. Tennis or
0: tennis? Tennis. Ten- ten- who cares
1: about tennis? Tennis related. How can it be tennis related?
0: What are you talking about? Tennis is your life now. Okay. If you've got me a t-shirt with like tennis printed on it, do I have to sound excited or grateful? <laughs> absolutely and you have to wear it every
1: day at Wimbledon oh that
0: was a great idea because the present I've got you is
1: great and you know it will go really well with the present I've got you is a t-shirt with tennis on it so
0: oh my word <laughs> um, I've I have to go now because as much as I love our chats and I'm a little bit concerned about my present um my phone's about to die so that would be a really abrupt end and I don't want anyone to think we've fallen out if (laughs) If suddenly I stopped talking. I love that I texted you earlier and I was like, when's your birthday? Thinking that I
1: could... Because I wanted to get you this thing and I thought, well, um, your birthday must be soon. I can't remember when... I can't remember you having a birthday since I've known you and I've definitely known you for multiple years. (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking, okay, I've definitely missed a couple of birthdays. So I said, where's your birthday? And you said, November. I was like, oh, well, I've got your present anyway.
0: (laughs) So... Happy birthday. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to wait to November. You're like, I give it to you at Wimbledon. I was like, it's not my birthday. <laughs> um, no, I've, I th- thank you. Thank you for thinking of me, I think. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll do a grand reveal on one of the podcasts at Wimbledon. Okay. I hope you get some play tomorrow. Yes. Um, so do I. We should, we should get a little bit of play, but I, I've got to go and continue. You go and do some wedding planning. I've got to do some twin birthday planning. And, well, getting ready for the tennis tomorrow. <laughs> okay, right. Bye!